Just because we talk about it on Gay Essay Radio doesn't mean that we promote it. Use your own judgment. The following program is for men aged 18 and over. This program contains adult content aimed at men who have sex with men. Listener discretion is strongly advised. The Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. Hi there, and welcome to the Steam Room. If you're a man who has sex with men, then you're in the right place. If this subject offends you or does not interest you, well then time to switch off. If, however, you're a guy who loves getting it on with another guy, then listen a bit closer. Because in this series of programs, we talk about men on men's sex in all its forms and how to keep healthy in the process. So, hi there. It's me again. Remember me from the last time? Well, if you don't, I'm Max. That's right, Max. Which is definitely not my real name because that's what the Steam Room is all about. This is a safe space where we wear masks so that we can talk about anything and everything. And tonight, well, tonight we're getting pretty dirty because for the next three hours of the show, we're going to slide down the pipe and dive deep into the world of drugs and chemsex. Yep, you had that right. Drugs and chemsex. The kind of sex that doesn't come with just bodies, but a few more, shall we say, accessories. Remember, Gay SA Radio isn't here to judge, but what we are here to do is help you stay safe, whatever it is you choose to do in your free time. If they have sex on drugs, can they only have sex on drugs? I experimented with GHB, which is also known as Liquid E, mm -hmm. with uh, CAT, uh, which is in the beginning of my introduction into the gay environment was the, the, the drug to use. Once it's up, you struggle to get it down again. Down, boy. Down, down boy. I agree with that one. <laughs> it will lead to some kind of damage, whether it's brain damage. I hope you're as eager as I am to get going tonight. Are you ready? Well, then, here we go. So, first of all, what is chemsex? And what makes it different to any other kinds of men-on-men -men sex? Here is what some people we spoke to said. What do you think of people who use drugs for pleasure? Um, I don't, I don't think anything of, of that situation. I mean, like, if it helps you with your sex drive, then sure, then it's your thing, then it's okay. No judgment here. <laughs> <laughs> if it's also the thing, and it works for you. I think about the sexual partner, yes. <laughs> well, I didn't know that people did it before, but my feeling is, if they have sex on drugs, can they only have sex on drugs? Um, I think uh, it's, it's not a good thing, but some they find it very interesting for them to, in a way, make them have that active mode that they get into to participate in their sexual whatever practice or whatever that they're into. But for me, I, I don't think it's a good thing because some of us, we tend to, after we've had sex, would blame ourselves and be like, it was because of the drugs or it was because I was under any influence. So I don't think it's a good thing. I think they're overcompensating. I mean, well, I'm not judging, but I'm judging and I don't think they should. <laughs> like, why? What do you think high sex is like? I kind of feel like it will be detached from the person and a little bit more of a 
I don't know, it's, it's less to do with the person that you're having sex with and more about you and you feeling things. I, I don't know, it doesn't feel very reciprocal. It just feels very self-centered. Um, it, it would be something more wilder than what one does when, I'll, I'll just call it when you are normal. Not to say that when you're having drugs, you're not normal, but I'll just say that like that because... Um, you know, you tend to do things or you come out of your comfort zone to experiment more things that you haven't done. I think the sex is just going to be very, very long. <laughs> like, it's just going to be a long, ongoing process. So, <laughs> and I'm not a horse, so you need to get off me. <laughs> I'm not sure, but my thinking is that it's probably on a different level than when you're sober. Do you think it's something you'll try? Um, possibly one day, yeah. I don't see why not. Some days. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I'm not so sure. I, I'm not so sure. Unless otherwise. Unless otherwise. Do you think drugs could affect sexual performance? Definitely. They do. Um, yeah, they do definitely. Because people, they experience uh, many things after they've been under influence. And our bodies as well, they tend not to be um, anticipating whatever that we're intaking into our body. Mm, yeah I'm not sure if whether it's going to be for a good or a bad way but yeah I've been with someone who actually was on that and just couldn't get it up it was a mission so, <laughs> so I think that it actually does affect in the long run I think so yes why I think that I'm not sure but I think anything has an effect in the long run so yeah I guess over time, I mean, you can't really be adding things to your body long term. I mean, even antidepressants or even, you know, sleeping pills. I mean, that has an effect on you long term. So I do think if you have sex long term with other drugs, it will definitely affect your performance in the long term. Do you use chems while having sex? Uh, no, I do not use chems while having sex. Um... Is that a true question? But <laughs> it depends. If there is, then I won't say no. Why do you need to do it? No. I don't think I feel the need. But it sure, some substances sure helps. What chems do you take? I like cat. And I'm a weed smoker. But then sometimes people say weed, sex on weed is just as fun. But I don't think so. It makes me... <laughs> not enjoy it that much as cat would. What do the drugs do? It prolongs the entire thing. Not just the thing, but the entire um, event, as I may call it. What are some chemsex dangers? I don't think I've encountered any dangers, but I have heard a lot of people that have encountered where their hearts gave in or their minds, there's a vein in the brain that bursts or stuff like that. So that is what I'm actually a little bit scared of. That's why I don't do uh, usually. How do you protect yourself? Well, if I'm single, I only bear back with my boyfriend if I'm in a steadfast relationship. But when single, there's always protection involved by condoms. Do you view drinking as chemsex? No, I don't think so, no. Do you smoke cannabis before sex? No, not before sex. Afterwards, maybe, yes, but not before. So, there you have it. That's the weather on the street when it comes to drugs and chemsex. What it is and how it goes down. 
So now I'm left wondering, what does the term mean to you? So how about you let me know? Drop me a message on social media with your opinions. Search at GaySA Radio on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn and get in touch. So, in aid of those of you out there who still have no idea what we're on about or want some things cleared up, we're happy to welcome an expert. Okay, so Radio, with your family, I'm chatting to Joan now. This interview is going to be about chem sex, and I want to ask you, why do some people have the need to be high on drugs while having sex? So, I suppose, on the one end, one might suggest that it's become a little bit part of the subculture and that there's a, a normative understanding that indeed it's okay or it's necessary or for that matter it's encouraged and uh, potentially something that's come with the way that the LGBTI community for a very long time actually ended up meeting in bar club spaces and that was underground initially and of course it, it, it went with substances so potentially if we want to think about the root of where a, a substance in, induced or a substance enhanced context uh, came about but of course it's progressed from that and, and indeed a lot of it had potentially has to do with not feeling good about yourself, feeling that you have to disinhibit yourself, feeling that that's the only way to have a maximum or an enhanced experience. So that's the one side of it. And on the other side of it, of course, uh, there's a whole bunch of people who indeed wonder about why certain substances are frowned upon so severely and for that matter, curbs. Well, others aren't. Like alcohol. alcohol like is... alcohol, cigarettes increasingly. So that's a whole different argument in terms of, of course, on the one end, if it's a problematized deficiency-fueled process, it's a problem. But if it's about, indeed, that within a broader spectrum of things, why frown upon the one if you're not frowning Frying upon, upon the other? then, of course, it's, it's part of potentially a packet of what people would utilize to, to maximize the experience because chemsex uh, for the people who practice it, certainly at the beginning, would be an enhanced experience. It might, with time, become a problem that feeds on itself when you can't have the sex without the chems right. uh, and if you need right. more chems to have the experience that you previously had. So talk about some of the health risks that are associated with this. Of course, and I've mentioned some of the key words already, disinhibited sex brings about the enhanced sex. But of course, disinhibition also means that sometimes your judgment is affected. It means that you don't necessarily think about taking the precautions or you simply don't feel the precautions are that important. So the processes that are required in terms of having safer sex go out the window. So that certainly would be one of them. And then, of course, uh, perhaps another aspect that's less on the health side and more on the mental health side is that people potentially do things that they later regret and it's not just the risk it's also in terms of how they present or act or, or the likes and, and that it might not be what they typically would like to be associated with so the guilt and the shame so then a long-term health effects that these might have certainly the key word in terms of anything in moderation um when people are able to manage the substances that they use rather than being managed by the substances, that's one scenario. But when you become a slave to 
whatever the substance and the likes would be. In the long term, of course, uh, there's a loss of control. There's potentially your drive being affected. So the depression, the cycle of needing the fix and it becoming an addiction. So, of course, um, many people who are sex addicted are often also addicted to the substances that accompany chemsex. And it's a little bit of the chicken egg situation. Is it really about the sex that you're addicted to? Is it the substances that you need to enhance your sex that you're addicted to? And then, of course, later, not being able to have sex without the substances, which for some people could become a really a, a, a problem. So one thing that I've noticed in the gay community specifically is that poppers are super socially acceptable. What are poppers if somebody doesn't know and what does it do? Why do people use them? So I suppose uh, being a, a gay man in my late 50s, I've got a little bit of that historic perspective to know that that certainly, most probably, the propensity to have substance-enhanced sex would come from poppers and the use of poppers. And that would have been long before other chem sex or chemicals became part of the available options that people would use. And of course, other than alcohol, uh, which, which would have been the first, most probably. I can't quite remember what the chemical makeup of poppers is, but it's something that I think was used for treatment in, in heart conditions initially. And of course, it became something that was used recreationally and uh, people sniff it. And of course, it um, heightens your blood pressure, it heightens your, your heart rate. Of course, it has a, an enhanced experience from that perspective. And there's some people who claim to only still use poppers, but uh, potentially, of course, that enhanced experience leads to the interest or the need to have another enhanced experience and potentially perhaps utilizing another substance that leads to potentially chemsex becoming part of what you need to do to yeah. have sex. So why are they still legal, though? It just, it just blows my mind a little bit that there's something that just that flown under the radar somehow because government is quick to ban other substances, but poppers seemingly are immune to that. Look, just to firstly have a qualifier, and that's to say that this is not necessarily an ex uh, area of, of my own expertise, but if I understand it correctly, there have been some jurisdictions internationally where poppers was made illegal. But uh, those jurisdictions found ways to package it in, in other ways for it to remain under the radar or they changed just one of the, the components of poppers. And then, of course, it becomes legal for a period, at least until authorities find out that that's what's happened. And then, of course, there's some outlets that, that advertise it in a way that, that say that, indeed, this is not for, that it's a, a contract. Uh, exactly. So it's, it's advertised as something else than what it's not. And in the meantime, as much as there will be a, a, a qualifier that says there's associated health risks and don't inhale, it's sold because people, well, the producers know that it's indeed going to be in a hold. Yeah, so ready with your family. That was Jean now talking to us about chemsex. The Steam Room presents The Newbie. Oh my God, you're not still ordering coffee, are you? Yeah, I am. Can you please calm down? Linda, how do you even know her name? I live upstairs. Service here is quicker if you are part of the regular crowd. Can I get you anything else, Teddy? 
Sure. Can I have a refill on this? Sure thing. And your brain? Nothing for this one. He's in a rush to get going. I see. Where are you two heading? A party in Woodstock. Nice. Well, enjoy. I'll see you at the breakfast shift as usual. Oh, I wish. But this one is going to go on late, hey? Oh, I didn't even see the time. It's past 10 p.m. Yeah, that it is. Thanks, Linda. Do you really have to get that coffee? I've already ordered it. What's going on with you? It's just a party. It's just a... It's not just a party, Daddy. It's a Gunther chill-out. They, they're legendary. So you said... I still don't get it. I've been to many sex parties. I usually don't even participate. But you said you were going to try it out properly. No, I am. You're still going to... Yes, I told you. I've never done it before and I'll do anything once. I just don't get what's so great about it. It's so different. Everything just melts away and the sex is... Oh, it's, it's, it's truly something else. And you're on prep. So what's the harm? Yeah, yeah, baby. Don't stress so much. You've already convinced me. Let me just finish my coffee and then we can head out and get this thing going. I promise you, you were never ready. I am actually excited. I just haven't eaten all day. Are you sure you don't want anything to eat? Trust me. My appetites tonight are wholly different. Is the music coming from inside? Ah, Kanto always starts the night off with bangers because it gets the mood going. And the people like to get a little drunk first. And it takes the ease off for the newbies. Like you. Well, I mean, I guess it's a big deal. Kim sex parties don't have the best rep. That's why you do it at the home of a dealer that you trust. Trust me, there are safe ways to do it. I wouldn't put you in a situation where you could get hurt. How are you feeling? I'm good. Well then, welcome my dear sweet child. Do the underbed. Henry! Oh, Davey! So happy you're here. Where's Gunther? I'm not so sure. I think he might have left quickly. Uh, okay, well, Teddy, follow me. Hey, Teddy! Hi there. Wow, it's fuller than I thought in here. Yeah, the ones on this side of the city are so much more popular. Now that they've raided the warehouses in the CBD, it's crazy. Everyone's here on their own free will. It's not like people do anything they don't want to do. I mean, these drugs are still illegal though. Yeah, but it's not the same thing as being a junkie. You'll have to explain the difference sometime. I'll do it now. The difference is that most people here are here for the intimacy. Cape Town is a difficult city to live in. You know, things can get really lonely. People here, they're looking for friends, and they find them, and they're looking for sex, and they find the best version of it. It's simple. That's kind of depressing. Only if you want it to be. I mean, look around. Is anyone crying? I guess not. Where are you taking me? Uh, to one of the bedrooms. We've got to lose some legs. That's what you're wearing? Yeah. It's literally a jockstrap and nothing else. By some standards, I'm overdressed. No kidding, it's kind of hot. Thanks. <laughs> and you? 
Jesus, when did you start working out again? A few months ago. I reckon I can pull this mesh top off. Oh, I think you should pull it straight off. Just the underwear is good. Okay, cool. Is that better? A whole lot. I'm glad you douched. You're going to be prime Robert tonight. That ass. Turn around for me. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm getting hot. <laughs> glad I have that again. Mm, trust me. A cute Twinkie bottle blonde like yourself need not worry about that. Think there's a little daddy out there who want this ass. Oh, I can think of more than one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna go out like this. No, I meant, are you ready for this? Whoa, is that the crystal? That looks like a lot. Nah, you take like a syringe and inject it into a vein. I didn't know that's how you do it. You're such a newbie. Yeah. Okay, remember. Don't drink anything tonight that you did not pour yourself, okay? Okay. Cool. Okay, uh, I'll fill up the syringe. This is like chemistry. Equally delicate work. Okay, now give me your arm. Okay, one. And two. What will it do to me? It'll make you want to grab your cock. Now, come on. And three. Ah. Uh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel anything yet. Oh, you will. Trust me, you will. <laughs> Come on now, let's go inside. I have some people I want you to meet. Fucking hell, my cock is throbbing. That'll happen. It's never as good as your first time, though. How do you feel? Like I want to fuck a hole in that wall over there. <laughs> no need. It's almost 1am. That's when people start getting naked. You can fuck anyone anywhere you want in here. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> the owner doesn't mind. Nah, nah, not at all. He's a deal, remember? He doesn't drop from his own supply either. Uh, so he's sober. Where is he? I don't know. He's around. I'll go find him and introduce him and I'll spot him. It's really filling up here now, eh? Yeah, it gets really full. You have to wait until one. I mean, I want to be Jay so bad. You do? Well, why don't you speak up? <clears throat> Guys, it's Teddy over here's first time on Crystal. Who wants to give him that? Trust me. Oh, well, look who's coming over. I saw nine earlier. Hey, Teddy. We meet again, I see. That we do. It's Andrew, right? Tonight, I'm whoever you want me to be. Good to hear. I hear you have a problem that needs to be solved. Think you could help me out? Oh, yeah. Oh, David. Gunner is upstairs if you want to go say hi. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Um, Dad, will you be fine yet? Oh, I'll make sure of that. No. Okay. Be back in a sec. Cool. Hmm. Nice briefs. Nice all the floor meetings. Go right ahead. Oh, motherfucking hell, that feels so good. Oh, fuck. Slob on it. Grip it harder. Like that? Mm, fuck yes. Have you ever been busted? Nah. Wanna try? Um. Mm. Trim this. What is it? Don't worry about it. Trust me. Just drink. You in for the light of your life. Okay. Okay. No, oh, Terry, turn your fucking alarm off. Oh, 
Where where am I? Calm down, you're fine. No, but memory loss, hey? Snoopy. Where's David? Who's that? Never mind. Where's my clothes? Where are anybody's clothes? Chill out, dude. It's only sex. My body hurts. Yeah, that'll be the calm down. Oh my ass. That'll be the anal. You took quite a few dicks after you booty bumped. What? What's that? Little asshole. Why am I sending you your teacher? Let me sleep, you douchebag. I, uh, I have to go. David! David! Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. David, where the fuck are you? Where did you disappear to? I woke up naked, surrounded by guys I don't even know this morning. What the fuck, man? I think we all had sex. And my ass hurts like a fucker. I think something was injected in there. I feel like shit. I thought we were in this together. Where the fuck did you go? Call me back when you get this. That was The Newbie, written by Arlen Bantam. It featured Kevin Narain as Ted, with Dylan Park as David, Christmas Mokoni as Henry, and Hotato Ledwaba as Anonymous Man. Directed by Hendrik Baird and final production was done by Ethan Baird. This play was produced as part of the Steam Room, which is brought to you by the National Department of Health's Pillar Project. KSA Radio, where you are family. My name is Max and you're listening to The Steam Room here on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. The Steam Room is brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. So, seeing as tonight we're talking chemsex, I'm curious, what do the men who have chemsex have to say? Do you use chems while having sex? Yes, I do. Uh, not every time or every, every occasion that, I've, uh, that I have sex. But yes, in certain occasions, specifically those ones that are longer than two or three hours. So, so what would be the reason for using the chems? My introduction to chem use or chemical, the use of chemicals is coupled to, 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 to my coming out in, in gay life. I was married for 16 years and after my divorce, I started this battle with these feelings that I had. So... By the time that I got out of the closet in 2005, <laughs> I was years behind everybody else who's been growing up in, in the gay environment. So for me, it was like a total roller coaster ride. And I was already past 40. So I wanted to know everything. Mm. How does it work? Why? Mm. And, and so forth. The whole gay environment. And my only connection or contact was via the Internet. Because I grew up in the, in, in the old South Africa where being gay was kind of illegal, mm. sort of. So at the time, I was also a member of the, of the South, South African Defense Force. And we all signed documents on the day that we started that we are not involved in any gay-related clubs or restaurants or, or places. You, you weren't allowed to go to any of those. So 
I started from having no idea of what gay life is. And within three, four years, I just slammed in everything that I could. And I tried everything. I believe that you do go out and you experiment mm. uh, with, with, with stuff that you hear. And obviously, you don't want to feel out um, or left behind. So if the group says we're going to do this, we do that. And that is that is where my introduction okay. came came uh, uh, with uh, the use of, of chems. So why do you feel the need to keep on doing? What does it do for you? It keeps me awake for the weekend if we do like a weekend session, which starts from a Friday to a to a Sunday. That's one of that's one of the reasons. But I've experimented with with three different types of chems in the beginning, and. I didn't like what he did to me. Um, uh, if I don't like something, I don't do it. Mm. So um, it took me some time to, to actually settle on a, one specific drug that I want to use for sex. And for me personally, it helps me to relax mm -hmm. in, in, a, in, in a sex situation. And obviously the, what I found... What I found out later, in, in, after I started originally started using it, was that using crystal meth specifically heightens the, the, the entire sexual experience in that short period of a weekend, for, uh, uh, for instance. You've experimented with different kind of, of uh, chemicals. Which ones have you decided to use? What chems do you take? I experimented with GHB, which is also known as liquid E, mm -hmm. with uh, CAT, uh, which is in the beginning in, uh, of my introduction into the gay environment was the, the, the drug to use. I never experimented with anything uh, like a he heroin or mm. no cocaine, or the heavy drugs. But the mm. only one that I use at this stage mm. is crystal, crystal meth. Mm. Um, now, in the beginning, I used it by taking lines. And very shortly after the, that, I heard that people says, people told me that if you uh, slam crystal meth, which means slamming is the term we use to inject yourself with whichever drug you, you use. I've heard that this is the the ultimate experience you can have to heighten your sexual experience. So the question is, how does it how does it do that? What does it do? Is it better? Is it good for sex? Is it worse because of the chemical? Um, what I found with with um, with crystal use specifically is it takes away your inhibitions. Going up as a very a very prim, proper type of person, I need to relax in order to to start doing like, for instance, a, a, a group session or a, where there's more than one person involved in a session, like two, threesomes or foursomes and so forth. It puts me at ease, first of all. It makes me relax. It immediately takes me away of from any um, uh, real-life stuff, work problems or hassles at, at, at home. It brings everybody that is there in that group, it brings everybody up to the same sort of sexual height 
to start the 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 the, the session on on the same level. Okay. If there's a group and some people are are slamming and some are not, does that change the dynamics? Yes, definitely. It took me six years to 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 research everything about the use of crystal meth before I got the guts to, or before I found somebody that that injected me with it, um, that I felt safe with. Or the reason the reason why I I did research is I don't do stuff for the sake of doing it. Mm. Uh, that's kind of the person that I am. I will. Uh, investigate, get all the information, and then make a, 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 a well-informed decision of whether I'm going to do something or not. I don't smoke, and I don't use alcohol at all. So for me to come into this whole concept of illegal substances, to use that, um, I had to make sure that I knew every single side the, the pros, the cons, what do you need to be careful for? Where do you get the stuff? How, how do you know the, 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 the mixture that you've got is safe and there's not um, other uh, um, poisons and stuff added uh, within that product that might um, hurt, hurt you? The whole concept of overdosing is was, for me was an extremely important thing to know what, where and how. What are some of the negative things that could happen by taking crystal meth, for instance? Um, crystal meth, um, taking crystal meth on the negative side is that uh, you totally lose all your inhibitions. You lose all concept of, uh, of time, so to speak. Um, I found that, that uh, first-time users who might come and join a session for two hours, two days later, they're still there and they just uh, lost the whole responsible concept of I've got to start and an end time. Mm. You can't overdose from, from crystal itself um, like you can overdose from um, uh, uh, GHB or, 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 or some of those uh, drugs. Basically what happens is when you take these drugs, you don't think about having a, a, a safe or, or protective sex. You don't think about your, the next morning you're supposed to be on a plane to Cape Town for a lecture or something. And then you suddenly become aware of a situation where you've lost your, the timeline in your mind is, is missing. You, you, you can't remember where where you started and what you did. And then uh, so, some people uh, tend to jump into a, a specific action which leads to an accident. And that, that's, where, that's where the danger comes in uh, uh, with, with, the, with the crystal meth specifically. And the other question is, isn't it addictive? I personally, what, what I found is that you've got two types of persons. Persons, you've got a person, which I uh, refer to as having an addictive personality. In other words, they tend to get easily addicted to anything. Um, if you look in, uh, uh, if you um, look up the word addiction in the Oxford Dictionary, it says the, the definition of addiction is to spend more time 
than what viewed normal on something. Mm. And that can be anything. That, that, that can be uh, smoking, that can be uh, cell phones, Facebook. Crystal myth gives, gives you that feeling of being happy, uh, enjoyment. It's similar to a chemical that, that human beings have got in their brains, uh, uh, which normally provides the chemical for, for us to love and be happy. Now, when, when we, when we uh, make use of, when we make use of crystal meth um, and we up the dose, dosage, we can very easily get used to being in this happy state continuously. The danger with, 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 with the use of crystal meth is every time that you use it, it needs to be a little bit more than the previous time. And, and people start to do that very, very easily. And then they run into problems where they need money to get, uh, to get the drugs. And then they start selling um, and stealing and so, and so forth. So that for me is the, for me personally, is, is the more dangerous part of the addiction. I experimented myself to determine what is my uh, maximum usage that I can use without going outside my, my boundaries. I set boundaries for myself. I think I'm in the lucky position. Um, I'm not an addictive uh, person that's got an addictive personality. The moment that something interferes with my, the money in my pocket, it's wrong and it goes out the door. But what I've done is I've spent time to find the precise um, quantity that is effective for me for enhancing the sexual experience. The moment that the, the sexual experience disappear, and, and it's now just a case of I have to get it, but I'm not having sex, everything on my side closes up. I, I've got no, no... Um, the desire whatsoever, for instance, to sit and watch uh, uh, pornography and and do chems, mm. it, it's it's it, for me it's a, it's a, it's a, a wasting of precious money, because watching pornography is not sex in my mind. So what you're saying is that it literally is using chems for the sake of sex and not just for the sake of being addicted. And that there is a danger that people will get addicted and could get addicted if they get the doses wrong and That's start correct, yes. wanting to get that pleasure thing the whole time. Um, because my other question is, now you've done, let's say you've had a, 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 a weekend. Um, what happens when you stop taking it? You've, you've now, you have to come down from it? Is there some yes, withdrawals? Um, with crystal meth, um, uh, people tend to go into depression or a state of depression. Um, once again, uh, in my own situation and also what, what I uh, uh, tell other guys who want some information about it is you need to determine what are the depression subjects, so to speak, that, that comes up when you come off, off, off the crystal use. Um, it took me about four years of usage to discover and to work out exactly what happens with me uh, when, when, I, when I 
come come off of of the crystal in my case i'm a very emotional person uh, 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 i live my life on an emotional level and i've discovered that once i uh, uh, come off the, uh, the crystal i get very i cry about if anything that happens and and i use that situation actually to then put a movie on uh, uh, one of my crying movies and i sit and i cry and i do a proper job of that. And that also helped me to sort of cope with, with the whole process of, of, of getting off of uh, uh, the particular um, drug. Um, but it varies from person to person. You get some people that, that they, speak, they refer to it as, uh, uh, it's called the meth psychosis. It's when crystal meth, when you use crystal meth, your brain becomes very alert and aware of your surrounding environment. So much that you, things that, that, that is a concern in your life or some other uh, uh, subject that might be uh, the primary uh, um, event in your life at that time gets enhanced by, by the crystal. I found it, for instance, um, if... if uh, the, the one partner in a couple slips away to play behind his boyfriend's back and he does crystal meth, those guys normally start, at, at some stage during the session, they start uh, saying that they, they think their boyfriend is behind the curtain here or under the bed or um, we need to put off the lights because somebody's watching them. That is all part of the the, the, the meth psychosis that, that we refer to. I've learned that that happens to me. Some of the, those um, uh, hallucinations happens. But because I know that, that it's happening, I just ignore them. Um, I actually put a, uh, my video camera down for, a, for a, a, quite a long time. It was about uh, two and a half years that I filmed myself coming off the crystal meth um, after after session, because I wanted to see what happens with me. What can somebody see that I've done something? And looking back at those tapes in my specific situation, I couldn't. And and I also got people in to uh, evaluate the tape for me, and we couldn't determine when I was coming off of something, and when it was it just a normal crying day for the month but I as I said I spent a lot of time to find out what is the precise usage and effects for me so that I can cope with it and not put myself at risk by doing something stupid or crazy because I'm not aware of what's going on around me so you were saying earlier also that there's this you lose your inhibition so you also mentioned that, that sex might become risky and people might not do things that they might, under normal circumstances, not do. How, how does one protect yourself and make sure that you stay safe within that sort of environment? I'm of the opinion that within the chemical use concept of sex, there, there is no su such thing as, as, um, as, as, as preparing yourself to be safe. Let's take the example of, of um, taking condoms with you. Um, and I've actually checked 
I love reading the the uh, the 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 body language of of the guys in a, in a group set situation when they do chems, um, to see what what they do, and you will get people coming in with all the best intentions in the world of using condoms, having pr pr protective sex, be safe, but the moment that they they start using chems. Or, or then specifically when when you slam crystal meth, it's like a big solid granite granite door shuts down and people just go wild. S sexually speaking, they do not think about anything at that moment in time other than completing these uh, sort of the, the the pleasure that they can get out of the situation. Long-term use, um, I think you at some point mentioned to me earlier that um, um, you might get erectile problems because of, uh, of long-term use of the drug. Is, is that true? Uh, because the, 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 chem the chemical that gives you pleasure, uh, that makes you happy, is, is upped. At some point in your life, if you use crystal meth con uh, continuously, the glands in your brain that produce uh, the, 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 ke your, the chemical of feeling happy stops from functioning, which means that if you stop using crystal meth, your body doesn't manufacture that chemical so that you can be happy. So for all practical reasons, your medication that you need to take once your, that gland has stopped, stopped working is crystal meth. You, you, you actually then have to get it once a week or once in two weeks in order for you to survive emotionally, being happy, you know, to, to just get the difference between being a depressed, sad person and enjoy life around you. I've found uh, that there's a huge group of people that uses crystal meth that is not connected to sex, which in my mind doesn't compute. I, 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 I can't understand that. Constant use of crystal meth will at some point uh, damage your brain cells. Um, I am aware of people that has been using smoking crystal meth since the age of 16, who literally have got uh, holes uh, sort of burned into, the, in, uh, in, into the, their brain cells, which doesn't regenerate. Um, also, the smoking of crystal um, interferes with your uh, with your teeth. We refer to it as uh, as um, meth mouth. Um, if you smoke crystal on a con continuous basis, it will eat away at the enamel of of your teeth. I'm Max. This is the Steam Room on GSA Radio, where you are family. GSA Radio, where you are family. My name is Max and this is The Steam Room. Carl Collison is a writer for The Mail and Guardian and he wrote an amazing piece about his own personal experience with chemsex. In this article, he spoke candidly and honestly about how he got involved in the scene. He also spoke to other men involved in this world. We spoke to him about this time in his life. Hi, uh, so I am Carl Collison. I'm a journalist with The Mail and Guardian. As the, I work as the other foundation's 
Rainbow Fellow, well, which means I write on LGBTIQ-related issues across the continent. Um, just in terms of my experience with chemsex, um, yeah, it's a few years that it took place. I kind of got into it through a really messy situation where I was trying to, I don't know, suppose get back the man I was in love with at the time. Um, and we had been using drugs and I, it slowly degenerated into me um, becoming an addict in a way. <laughs> um, what was people's reaction to me outing myself like that in the article? Um, to be honest, I was very, very, very nervous. I had sat on the story for quite some time um, before actually writing it. It was actually quite funny. I, did, I just didn't have a story that week to write. And I was <laughs> desperate to impress, I suppose, and keep my job. So I decided, seeing as I had had the story, most of it done, I would um, just piece it together. Um, but in terms of people's reactions, it was generally positive. Um, I can't say that I had a negative experience or negative feedback, even though that was something that I was very, very concerned about. Um, I had many sleepless nights um, putting the story together and the day before deadline, filing the story, having my colleagues read it, um, my editors. It was, it was really um, a very intense time for me. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I did it because um, certainly in terms of the readership of the story, it, it got a lot of traction. I think there was a need for, um, or there is still a need for stories that look honestly at people's first-hand experiences. The reason I approached the story the way I did in putting my own experiences in and leading with myself as the main voice in the story was because um, out of frustration, I'd read a lot of other stories around chemsex, none of which were locally published, written. Um, and they might have been, but I certainly didn't come across them. And certainly those that I'd, I'd read of, written by foreign writers or writers abroad, um, were kind of took an outsider's perspective of it, even though you could tell in some of the stories that the writer was familiar with the scene. Um, so I just felt there was a need for a writer to depict honestly what, to the reader, what the experience really is like. Um, in terms of researching, writing and interviews, um, the research process was not, <clears throat> was not as tough as the actual interviews with people um, and getting people to trust me. I obviously, um, I have friends who used um, and still continue to use and I spoke to some of them um, and they in turn, because they trusted me, they in turn put me onto people who they convinced to share their stories with me. Um, it was, the interview process is, is interesting in that as a journalist generally, you kind of, while you're in the interview, you're just doing the things, you're just doing it to get it done with. You know, not to get it done with, but you know what I mean? You're in that kind of professional space. But what's really hard hitting is when you have to transcribe that interview, then you relive that moment with that person. And it's just, you, it's, 
it was extremely tough um, transcribing some of the interviews, some of what my friends had said and some of what the, the friends of their friends had said um, because I realized then that um, I came away relatively unscathed and that's how I end, this, end the story, I suppose. Uh, but there were people who, there are people who really come out with the short end of the stick and it's, 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 it's a hard thing to have someone share that experience with you and then also realize that you as a person, never mind you as a writer, but you as a person um, came that close to losing so much, whether it's your health or your job or just a sense of self, you know. Um, and that's what the drugs take away, that sense of self. Um, you find yourself inching your way back into just to find a semblance of what you were. Um, but yeah, that was particularly hard for me. Would I do it again? Never say never. Um, so I, I'm mindful of temptations. I'd, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm by no means out of the woods. Um, not by any stretch of the imagination. I am currently seeing a therapist who's helping me a lot. I also realize that it's true what they say in NA um, or as part of drug rehab therapy that concealing it, concealing the addiction or concealing the, the temptation feeds feeds the addiction it feeds the lie so i'm as i try to be as open as possible with people whether it's colleagues or friends or whoever my therapist um or with myself just around how much of a hold the stall has on me much as i've clawed my way back to the old call there's still a definite hold and it i would be lying if i said that I was free from that. Um, how do I feel now that it's behind me? It's not completely behind me, so I can't really comment on that. But there's, there comes a time, in like, like on a Sunday morning, I'd, for example, I'd wake up and like, oh wow, that was a weekend without drugs, <laughs> you know? And that's a great feeling. Like I can't, there's no way I can explain or quantify that feeling. It's, it's invaluable because the drugs are essentially, it's a time thief, you know, it's a happiness thief. You spend your days depressed, searching for something to fill you, but you know, it's deceptive like that because it fills you for a few minutes and then it leaves you really dry. So yeah, so how do I feel now? I feel good-ish, I think. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this story with us. If you want to read the article, check out the Mail and Guardian website at mg.co.za. So there you have it. Remember, if you need more information, go check out the Gay SA Radio website. And if you want to chat with me, send me an email. Send it to info at gaysaradio.co.za. This is The Steam Room with Max, and you're listening to Gay SA Radio, where you are family. I hope I've been keeping you entertained tonight. 
But if maybe you're thirsty for some more guys to get into the action, now's your time to lay back and enjoy things even more. Now, just between us men. Game six, I mean, this is something, I don't know if it's still happening. I was part of the whole game six scene. Oh, yes, it's still happening. I come from the days, I don't even know how I got involved in it. I got involved with lines and sex and then eventually taking Viagra because you lose your heart on while you're on chems. And then you take Viagra to kind of have your heart on going and then you end up kind of but going. doesn't that depend what chems you're on though? Yeah, exactly. Because the chems that I took doesn't make my heart on go away. I don't know, stuff like <laughs> catch crystal meth does kind of lose okay, to Okay, well, I've never done crystal meth, but I've done cat before. And, and you think you, you haven't hardened on cat? Uh, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah, but the problem was for me, how I experienced this is that you kind of battle to keep it up and then you take Viagra to keep it there. No, I've also heard that story and it works different way with me because once it's up, you struggle to get it down again. Down, boy. Yeah, down, no, boy. I agree with that one. <laughs> My experience was more with ecstasy back in the day when we were clubbing and you would go there to go clubbing and then for nine hours you would spend in the dark rooms mm-hmm. because... Ecstasy, you love everybody. So it ended up being big group orgies in the dark rooms. And that's where you would sit for nine hours because it just didn't go down. Because you love everybody, it's hard for nine hours. You end up playing with everybody you can get your hands on. Literally. Well, the first time that I used CAD, well, actually I was afraid to use it because of previous experiences and personal experiences. And then my boyfriend said, okay, let's do it, but we are at home. So I tried it and nothing happened the first time and the second line went and all of a sudden we started touching and feeling and fraying and going on. And when I wiped my eyes out, it was 11 hours later and 17 times that I ejaculated and it was the best time of my life. One of the things, yeah, that's interesting to me, number one, is don't you think that it can become an addiction, that you need the chemical to have sex? No. It makes it more fun, yes. And if it's in the roundabout, I won't say no. But I don't feel like I need it to have good sex. Is there a difference? For me, there was. There is a difference, yes, but... Well, sensations are definitely heightened. I mean, you mm-hmm. feel everything 10 times more than what you would if you weren't on chems. But I'd have to agree, it's not a case of you have to do chems to have sex. I mean, you get horny without doing chems. Exactly. You get horny without even watching porn. So For me, I think the most thing is that, that happened as well, it's these walls came down when you're on chems. I think you yeah. normally wouldn't do... No, it is your inhibitions. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you do stuff that you would never dream of doing. You become your own porn star when you're on the stuff. Oh, if you have the porn body, I guess. Not even. I don't <laughs> no, because you don't care what your body looks like. You just go for it. <laughs> Oh, that's also true. Well, you have to start recklessness. Don't you become reckless on those things? I'm always a control freak, so for me, I've, I've, I've never... But it, doesn't it reach a point where it becomes a bit reckless where you just don't care? Luckily, in every time that I've used cat and had sex, it was in a safe environment where people... where it was just me and my boyfriend or me and my fuck buddy or whatever the case may be. So it wasn't like we were going out and making a hell of a thing about it. <laughs> part <laughs> of the part. Well, that, that's why I'm actually glad I'm not doing chemsex anymore because it got to a point where you you know what you're doing, you just don't actually care. So if there was condoms, there was condoms. If there weren't condoms, there weren't condoms. Okay, well, luckily with me, I just bear back my boyfriend. And every time it was 
with my boyfriend, except for the few times that it was with a fuck buddy, but that was a regular <laughs> fuck buddy. But it still wasn't in, it wasn't a safe environment. Like, I, I, yeah, I exactly. would never, yeah, I've never did it in clubs. The only times that I experienced. I've taken catting clubs, but I didn't go that extra mile. But I think the other thing with King Six as well that happens is that, you know, you, you kind of get obsessed with what you're doing at the time, isn't it, as well? Mm, I, I found it me. the only thing you focus on. Yeah. And, and that is why you're hard on stage without Viagra. There's something wrong with me here. <laughs> I, so clearly, you haven't had the same experiences. Well, I've heard a lot of stories of people that also didn't have the same experience, so I don't Thing. I'm using it right then. I don't know. Yeah, you know, what, what happens as well, in my case, what, what totally happens is I take him and I become a bottomless kind of English bottom place. You know, that I'm normally a bottom. But when, when Kim Six is involved for some reason, I think there's an alter ego uh-huh. that comes out with me and I become like this total uh-huh. passive <laughs> bottomless and I just don't care. I don't know, as long as I'm satisfied. <laughs> exactly. And the hours are still going, so why not? If not, why not? Then we make turns. <laughs> then I don't care if I'm a top or a bottom. Yeah, you just do it because you can. Yeah, and it's fun. Just one more. And it's everlasting. Everlasting. Never-ending story. Well, if it's 17 times that you calculate <laughs> it, and it is everlasting. I mean, oh gosh, I don't think I've even managed. This is the Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Tonight, we gather to talk about the business of chemsex. As promised, in the studio with us tonight, we're joined by yet another expert on the matter. Thank you for joining us, Bruce. Why do some men have the need to be high on drugs while having sex? There are so many reasons that men choose to be high or take drugs or be on chems or engage in party and play or chem sex. And as many reasons as there are different types of people in the world. And for some men, they find that it gives them confidence. So some men are riddled with insecurity or feelings of low self-esteem. Maybe they don't think that they're well-built enough or that they're good-looking enough. And they feel that taking certain drugs, whether it be cocaine or smoking marijuana or engaging in something like G, it makes them feel more confident about themselves. And it also takes away their inhibition. So they feel like they can engage freely in sexual acts with other men with a lot more confidence. So there's that reason. Other men also just feel that it enhances their sexual pleasure. Many drugs have that effect. So if you're slamming, which is injecting something like uh, crystal meth or engaging in using some crystal meth or tick or you know, one of those substances, mm. otherwise known as speed, those drugs are known to increase sexual pleasure because your body becomes a lot more sensitive. So it's a sensational thrill that the guys are seeking. And sometimes it's also just because then they can have sex for longer periods of time and they can engage in sexual for hours and hours They can, and it, it helps them to stay awake. There's many reasons that people engage in chemsex. What are the dangers associated with different types of drugs these men take? There are many dangers associated with the use of drugs, uh, particularly illegal drugs, during sexual acts. And that's because it takes away your inhibitions. You know, statistics have found that men on drugs are much less likely to use protection. So they're much more likely to have unprotected sex. Men engaging in sexual acts under the influence of drugs are also more inclined to have more than one sexual partner in any given period of time. So what will often happen is some guys will 
take drugs and then engage in a sexual act with one person and then get home and find they're still wired from the drugs that they took and then go on an app and find somebody else to have sex with. And that can happen two, three, four times in a period of 24 hours because this person is wired and they can't sleep and they just want that release. And yeah, that's one of the dangers. Then there's also the danger of the drug itself. You know, not everybody has the same reaction to using certain drugs. So some drugs impact the body itself. So certain organs, you know, things like cocaine and speed and crystal meth can affect the heart. It can also affect the brain because it affects, you know, water levels in the body. So some people feel that they're not hydrated enough. So they drink lots and lots and lots of water and sometimes they drink too much water and then in certain cases the brain actually drowns because you overhydrate and then there are other cases where people don't drink enough water and they become dehydrated then there are people who mix drugs and those drugs then obviously clash with one another and you know things can get as bad as leading to death and there are other drugs like g for example that slows the heart rate down that you can even go into a coma and some men die I think, you know, in many circuit parties, but people know about them in the States, but it's happened in South Africa too, where guys will, will take G, you know, they'll use about a symbol of G, mix it with water, but then they'll mix it with alcohol, which is a terrible thing to do. And if you do that, the heart rate slows down to such a degree that you can, number one, go into a coma and number two, die. So there are many different things and also just long changes. So if you are sharing needles with somebody, if you're slamming meth and um, you and, and the person that you're slamming with happens to be HIV positive or have any bloodborne illness, then you are putting yourself at risk of those same bloodborne illness infections. What are the long-term health effects these drugs have on the physical and mental health? Any drug that you take is going to have an effect on the brain. I mean, the brain is a complex of chemical reactions and electric sort of synapses that are connected in a very sensitive and delicate way. And what happens when we use drugs is we mess with those levels. So we either spike our serotonin or our adrenaline and also in the brain that have very powerful neurological effects. That's why we feel this intense high or this amazing sense of euphoria. And the problem is that our bodies are not designed for such intense highs, particularly over a period of time. And it will lead to some kind of damage, whether it's brain damage or just, you know, the brain has a way of when it feels overstimulated, if there's too much dopamine being released, then the brain's way of protecting itself is making it more and more, you know, it sort of kills its own dopamine receptors. So essentially the brain kills off sections of itself in order to cope with the extreme amounts of dopamine that is released. So that's why there are so many uh, people who having used drugs for an extended period of time, discover that they don't have the same cognitive abilities that they had before. They struggle to speak. They struggle to remember. It affects long-term and short-term memory. And there's just, you know, people are only just discovering the long-term effects of drug use now because it's very difficult to monitor these, obviously. What advice do you have for men who wants to use chems? So I think it's one of those things. We have a policy of encouraging harm reduction. So if you are going to use chems, then try and do it in as responsible a way as possible. It seems like a contradiction in terms, but there are ways that you can engage in chem sex in a safer way. It's never going to be safe. There are always going to be very, very serious dangers at risk, but you can choose to use syringes that are fresh syringes and that, you know, and not share syringes with the person that you're in, uh, with. Also, using condoms and water-based lube, just because you're engaging in chem sex doesn't mean you have to have bareback sex with 
the people that you're with. Also, just testing yourself regularly, getting screened for HIV and STIs, and take care of yourself. So, and if you feel that you have been exposed to an STI, particularly if you think you may be at risk of HIV, go to your nearest health or men's services clinic and speak to the healthcare provider there and find out if you can go on PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis, which will just make sure that you stay HIV negative. There's many, many things you can do, but the number one thing that you should do is just educate yourself. So if there's a certain drug that you prefer to take and that you're taking regularly, then educate yourself about that drug. You know, Google it, find out what drugs are prevalent, what people are cutting these drugs with, because obviously it's an illegal substance, so they're never going to give you pure teething powder, which has a similar effect on the body, on the gums to cocaine. Then they also cut it sometimes with things like Totscara, Ratex, you name it, sodium bicarbonate, all sorts of things. So all of these things are not good for you. So just find out about the drug and empower yourself with knowledge. What are the side effects of poppers? So this is inconclusive. I have done research on poppers. I can't remember what the chemical name is, but there are some schools of thought that believe that it causes brain damage. It can possibly cause a little bit of brain damage over an extended period of time. Other articles that I've read where supposed medical practitioners or specialists have said that it doesn't actually cause any significant damage. What it does is that it expands, what is the word I'm looking for now? Yeah, I can't remember what the term is now. But the effect it has on the body is that for some people, it can give you a really bad headache and other people, it can intensify the pleasure that they feel during sex and other people believe that it helps to disassociate. So they just get completely caught up in the sexual act or in the sensation of the sexual act. Why do you think poppers are legal? They're legal because it's not conclusive that they cause damage. And you'll notice that they're never advertised. So they'll always be advertised as, I think, room deodorant. And a lot of the poppers on the side of the bottle, you'll notice, will actually say, this is not to be inhaled. Avoid contact with the skin. Avoid contact with the eyes. So, you know, they do cover themselves legally, the producers and manufacturers of the poppers. You know, they supposedly take those off and allow the room to develop a certain fragrance. But they know what poppers are being used for. They cause something to dilate, and I can't remember what that something is. But anyway, it's, I think it's blood vessels. Yeah, but I stand to be corrected, so I don't, I don't know exactly. But something dilates, and that's what allows the sensation that poppers causes. That was Bruce Little on Steam Room. This is Gay SA Radio, where you are family. As we keep learning, the world of chemsex is a complex one. We hope that what you've learned here tonight helps you to navigate this map with a little more ease. You're still listening to The Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, where you are family. Brought to you by the South African National Department of Health's Pillar Project. We've got somebody here from Out LGBT Wellbeing in Pretoria who is going to talk to us a bit about the Needle Exchange Program. My name is Dorika Casalela. I'm a lay counselor at out LGBT well-being and the program that I'm working for is called Harmless Project. So with our project we deal with people who inject drugs and people who use drugs mostly. So the needle exchange program works like this. There's outreach workers who go out to the field with buckets and new needles, new water, new alcohol swaps. When they get there, what they do is they collect old needles that were used and give them new needles. For instance, if I have five needles that are used, 
and then I give them back to the outreach workers. They're going to give me five needles that I knew. So you get what you give. And the reason why we do that is because we're trying to minimize the risks of getting infected with HIV, hepatitis, because if they throw them on the floor, people are walking there and kids are playing. They might take the needles and start playing with them and they get infected. So the challenges that we go through working with this population is that they are forever high and they are very naughty, I can say. So we must be careful every time we work with them. So we make sure that we leave our gadgets back at work in the office because they can steal anything just to get a fix, you know. So we always are careful to keep our belongings safe, but we hardly get people that we give services to attacking us. And then again, other challenges are that we always in conflict with the metropolis, the police and people in the community because they think that we are promoting drug use because they don't really understand what we are doing. But then after explaining to them, then one or two will understand, but the rest will keep on saying we are promoting drugs and we are not. It's like a condom. You give a sex worker a condom and you want the sex worker to be safe rather than have diseases or like having sex. You will never stop anybody from having sex if they don't want to stop from having sex. Instead, you can give them a condom so that they can protect themselves. They can do it safer. There are MSMs in our project, but they are not a lot because I've tested a lot of people, but most of them are heterosexual people. MSM, IFU, and most MSMs who are using drugs in the field, who stay in the streets, are sex workers. So most of the time they engage in sex to get money to buy a fix. And mostly they adhere by the customer's rules. If the customer doesn't want to wear a condom because they really need a fix, then they will not use a condom. But most of the times we encourage them to always protect themselves. And while they are busy having sex, they must make sure that they put away the things that they use to inject drugs or to take drugs, whatever. They must keep them safe, keep them clean and far away because anything can happen during anything. So, but mostly MSMs always say that they have sex because they want to buy FX. So they don't just have sex because they want to have sex. The time they have sex is when they want to get a fix. And after getting a fix, it's not a priority for them to have sex. They only have sex when they want money to get a fix. Advice that I could give a client who engages in can sex and his MSM is that always, always use a condom, no matter what. Use a condom, use a lubricant. Be safe when you're having sex. Have you so safer sex than Remember, just thinking you of that moment. And you, this, because you can, you can have safer sex and still get your fix. So please, have safer sex and always clean the things that you use to inject always always clean them and never never share anything you use to inject drugs and that's all from us tonight here on the steam room on gay sa radio thank you so much once again for tuning in and getting up close and personal with me max as we enjoyed yet another thrilling night of open and honest talk about the ins and outs of men on men sex Next week on the show, we'll, as usual, be bringing you interviews, info segments, and dramatic content as we undo the covers and talk mental and sexual health. Thanks for streaming. My name is Max, and this has been The Steam Room on Gay SA Radio, where you are family.